Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Scott the Fane Knowles, and this is another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. On this episode, I brought Justin Scholl back on the show. If you remember, he was from episode 66 where we talked about the New Jersey Spartan Beast, and I decided to bring him back on so we could talk about this past weekend's West Virginia Trifecta Weekend, which was great. But anyway, here goes the interview. Hope you enjoy it. Justin Scholl, what's up, man? Well, Scott, how you doing? Pretty good, man. We were supposed to touch base after Palmerton, and we didn't make that happen. So here we are, it's after West Virginia, and we're touching base, man. Yeah, man. Good to, good to finally talk to you again. Uh, good seeing you in West Virginia, you in the end. Uh, how was uh, how your races go? Man, it went good. You know, we had a good time. But man, before we get into that, dude, have you seen that the new pass is for sale already? Yeah, I've seen I've seen the uh, open increase, the age group increase, and then the uh, gated elite, which I think is something that's a long time coming and something that should have happened uh, a while ago. But I'm glad to see that they're they're finally starting to listen, and I'm glad that elite's gated for the season pass. But I'm also hoping that elite is gated for uh, 2020 races. I mean, I, I, I personally God, And that's what I'm thinking, too, because you know some people have probably already signed up under Elite for 2020 races. So what are they going to, like, how are they going to fix this, you know? I'm curious to see how they do these Elite qualifications. Is it going to be one of those things where you've placed top 20 in an Elite race and you're qualified to run Elite for 2020 or something like that, I wonder? I think the people that already signed up, you got to grandfather them in, which it is what it is. Yeah. But, uh, and that would I, make I sense. I agree with you. So you got you to finish top 20, top 25, and then you're elite. If you're not if you're not in there, um, you go to age group. I saw a video from uh, Bro CR today with uh, Bill. Yeah. And The one where he went to the it? biscuits, the best biscuits in the world restaurant. Is that the one? Yeah, man. Tutor. <laughs> Tutor. We drove past Tudor down in West Virginia. We had stopped and went to Pies and Pines, but we drove past Tudor. But his video was, was no bullshit. It was raw. It was real. And he's 100% right. If you're, if, you, if you're running 35th in Elite, you have no business being there. I mean, it, it's simple as that. Drop the age group. I mean, there's a lot of people in age group that don't belong there. I mean, hell, there's even races that I don't belong in age group just because I'm having this shitty day. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you're always going to have that, you know, yeah. and I would say, you know, because the elite heat was pretty, I mean, there was a lot of people at West Virginia in the elite heat and they were all qualified to be there. So, you know, it, it's hard to say. I would think that, you know, maybe they should cut the number, you know, but they really shouldn't cut the numbers of the elite heat. I guess it should just be one of those things where. You know, you ha- like you said, you qualify for it, or you've done, you know, top 20 at a race before. That way it makes it competitive, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think West Virginia with the elite, like you said, everybody qualified. So if you have a full heat in elite at a, at a national championship race, that you should have that. Right. So I, think, I think when you're talking these Saturday and Sunday races that aren't in a series, yeah. Or especially Sunday when attendance is low and people are just uh, cherry picking uh, podium spots. I mean, I, I'm sure that when this goes live or on your page, like that isn't going to be the, the popular uh, opinion, but it, it, it is what it is. I mean, we've all done it. We've all cherry picked races, but if you're trying to qualify, but there needs to be a standard within this sport, not just Spartan, but across all brands for elite. Right. It, you, you, it should be a qualifying process. 
But, and, and, and I think they're going to run into a problem with this, and here's the reason why I say. Because at Palm Beach on Sunday, I think they might have had 10 women in the elite heat. No, they didn't even have 10. It was like six or seven. So if you're going to make a standard to qualify and you're a woman, just think of how, I mean, I think a lot of women changed the age group when they brought the age group to us. So that hurt that hurt the women's elite field there. So if they have a qualifying time or placement for women's elite, I mean, that's just going to make that heat, the women's elite suffer that much more. You know, so it, I mean, it's interesting to see how they're going to do this, and it still bring numbers to the heats. I mean, I mean, I, it's going to be pretty boring if you're watching twenty-person heats. You know, I mean, but if they're all yeah, competitive, I, that's cool. But I don't know. It, it it's. I think it's a good thing, but I'm curious to see how they plan on working it. At the same time, I don't know how it's really going to affect the women's elite heat because if you let's just say they, let's just say the standard that Spartan says, I, I, I honestly have no clue what it is. But let's say they say you got to finish top twenty in your age group. With the amount of women that finish top twenty in their age group, you can jam pack that that female elite starting corral. Right. Because, like you said, there's not that. You know, if you go to a, a normal race, like perfect example would be. The New Jersey Beast, the women's elite heat, because I ran age group there, there are maybe 45 women in that league. Wow. I mean, but, I mean, for a beast, that's kind of a small heat, too, still. You know, because I remember, yeah, like, I mean, and I don't know if they've changed that rule, but I think they said before when you earned a coin, they wouldn't give out coins unless there was 30 people in a men's heat and 10 people in a women's heat. Okay. I'm sure, I mean, of course that's changed because they didn't do coins this year, but I want right. to, they were talking, when we was at Palm Beach, they said that they weren't even going to give out cash checks, or I mean, or checks for the winners because they wanted at least 10 women in the heat. So I don't, I don't, I, mean, I don't I, remember if they did it I or not. I didn't that. stand around and watch the podiums. I, I, I kind of agree with that because there's, there's a lot of age groups out there. Again, this is not going to be the, the popular opinion, but it is what it is. Right, but uh, there there's a lot of age groups out there that you know four four or five people show up in an age group, yeah. and you, you're getting a podium spot, and yeah. like that to me, that that is not that's not fair. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you can you score top three, but there should be at least ten people in that age group in order to have. Uh, podiums, and I'm sure I'll catch a lot of shit for that. But it is what it is. No, I mean, because I, I remember when the age groups age groups started last year. I was keeping up with them and looking through them, and you know those younger heats. You know, I forget what it was like, fourteen, seventeen, or something like that. I mean, there'd be like one girl, so it didn't matter what yeah. time she was in. You know, she got first. So, you know, and I mean, I don't think they should change that. I mean. That's fine with me, I guess. But here's my thing. And another thing, since they're releasing the age group pass for sale now and they haven't given out anything about Elite, more people are going to be like, well, this will just make up my mind. I'll run age group, and the age group heats are going to be bigger than ever for 2020, I bet you. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be, I mean, and I think you're going to see them sell out a lot faster. One thing I'll say with, with in West Virginia, so I run 35 to 39, turn 35 in November. Yeah. Uh, after going through Athlinks, so there was 75 guys in my age group. Really? Uh, 35 to 39, that was it. They and must have sent 30 through 39 out together. They did. Then. Okay, okay. They did. And then 30 to 34 only had 92. So for the national championship, now I know a lot more than 160 people in those two age groups qualified. Oh, yeah. You only had, a, you only had 160 60 guys out there between two age groups in, in some of the age groups that are the most competitive next to, yeah. uh, you know, 
40 to 44. Yeah, probably 40 through 49. Those are probably the next two. I didn't even look and see how many were in mine. I want to say it was probably around the same thing, though, I would think. You're getting up there to those old guy categories, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 40. I'm getting into the yeah, category yeah, where they're faster. I know. I was going to say, man, it's weird with this sport, man. You get, you get, you get older, and it's like, oh, I can run, you know, seven, eight, nine-minute miles and keep that pace for forever. It's like, hell, don't you guys slow down? At least when I get up there, just slow down a little bit. It's like, man, you guys keep getting faster and faster. Yeah, and I wonder if, like, is Spartan wanting to do this to make the elite heat smaller so they're easier to referee, better to film, or is it... Because I'm thinking that maybe it would be better if they did it more like a savage race and you had two heats, one female, one male, and you award top three and then award age groups in that division. You know, so it might be like a group of 250 cap for the the wave, you know, because that would sell out and, and then still maybe put, you know, a qualification on that heat too. Yeah, I I, I understand completely what you're saying. I just think with but there's probably it's just too many people. Though. It is. It's too. I mean, can you imagine if you put a wave of elite men and age group men together? Oh yeah. You're you're, you're talking 750 to, to 900 people. Right. Yeah, I think it. But, I mean, I it would I be like elite heat in days of old. If you didn't sign up for it quick, you didn't get in it. Yeah. I, I mean, I still, I agree with you, but I still think that there needs to be a qualification for both elite and age group. So you're saying for both and heats? I, yeah. For, uh, hands down, well, mean, that makes sense. It, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's people that are out there running open that are out there pushing and yeah. pushing. Oh, I've and done it. And if you finish... If you finish top 10, top 20, let's say top 20, in your age group and open, then you qualify for, for the age group races. If you finish top, I would say top 10 in age group, then you qualify for the elite races. Yeah. Or, maybe, just, or maybe they could do it something like, because don't it NORAM, you know, don't they, uh, if you make an age group podium, you have to run elite at that point? Um, that's not entirely true because I know the Yuri Force, that dude kills savageries. Kills savage. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was in Canada for World Championships in 2017. Right. And Yuri ran age group. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. You do, you're at a World Championship, you're, you're there to put up or shut up and do the best you can and and go for that podium and go for that money. I'm not saying he sandbagged by anything. I'm saying he was intelligent and went for money. And well, he he got the money. Right. I don't think they you if you if you qualify through elite, don't think you have to run elite. Oh, wait, I see. I'm not sure on all that. those rules for that thing. I always want to say I heard somebody said if you if you podiumed an age group like one year, if you went back the next year, you had to run pro or qualify for pro. They wouldn't let you do it again. I might be wrong though. I mean, that could be at the actual championship. I I, I oh, okay. I would have to look at the rules. Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent on that too. So, but so but the only thing about it, like that, wouldn't work either because you got to think about it too. If somebody's, you know, 50 over, you know, or 60 plus, and they make a podium, you know, you can't force them to run elite, you know, because they might not, I'm not saying there's some fast people that are in their 60s, I'm just saying that, you know, that's that's going to be a different competition when you're having to run against elites, you know. That's why are you going to bring masters back? Yeah. I mean, you got to think about it, man. There's just pros and cons to every way you, every way you look at this. And I want to say that I think Spartan's doing a good job with it right now. Maybe what they're wanting to do is to control those people that just say, hey, age group's full, 
I'm going to just jump in a leak, pay the extra money, blah, blah, blah. And then they, they end up being one of the people that gets passed in the first mile or two by, you know, Lindsay and, you know, Nicole. And maybe they want to cut that out. And that makes sense, you know. Oh, yeah. So I guess, you know, and maybe it's like you said, maybe do a top 10, top 20 in your age group and open heat or, you know, age group heat. And you have to do that in order to run elite. I guess that would probably be the best way to look at it. Um, to make it work i'm curious i'm really curious to see how they want to do it and it kind of makes me i want to wait to purchase my pass because i just want to see where all of this is going of course you know they don't even have the links up on the spartan website for you to go to it yet but you can get to it in a uh, chrono track i got you so and opposed yeah, there's, there's so many variables to and scenarios you can, you can look at this 40 different ways I think so, too. 40 different, yeah, 40 different, it's just, that's how sport is, man. Yeah. I want to say, and a lot of people give Spartan shit, but with the age group heats, you know, besides refereeing it, and that's always going to be a problem, but I mean, when you just got so many people going through it. I mean, one volunteer can't keep an eye on 10 people getting on an obstacle at the same time. It's just hard to do. And people's got to be understanding for that, you know, and... I mean, if they counted every single burpee for every single person that come through every single obstacle, you wouldn't be able to hand out medals until the next day, and they'd have to hire two dozen people just to count burpees, you know? So, I mean, oh, that's... Yeah, I, that's I, I agree. It, it just, it's a shame that... It's a shame that they have to have a camera on the burpee pit to begin with. I mean, if you can't be told, hey, you got to do a correct form burpee and do 30 of them i mean it's, it's sad that you got people out there cutting corners in the burpee pit i mean why do you want to i i just i don't get that i mean i don't understand why somebody wants to earn a medal that way or get on the podium that way that's just wrong man and I, but they do no, it. i agree yeah i mean i, I don't have you ever course marshaled I've I've volunteered, but at an obstacle, but I never like was a course marshal. No, I course marshaled um, in New Jersey the very first time that Twister was released on East Coast, and I want to say who oh, I was there. That was two. That was 2017, and it was the first time I course marshaled. And I'll tell you what the the, the guy I was with. Uh, we, me and him didn't put up with anything. I had a, I had a guy come off the bucket. All right, he spilled, he spilled rocks, and Dustin Livingood and Brent Snyder were at bucket carry, and they told him that he did not pass bucket carry, and that was that crazy, crazy yeah. uphill. You remember that? Yeah, that was a good bucket carry that year. So. So they told him, Dustin, I will give Dustin credit till the day I die. He, he straight up told him, he's like, I run elite. You're not going to disrespect me. Go back and do it again. This dude lost his shit and threw his bucket at Dustin and Brent. What? And basically said, fuck you. Okay. He comes down the twister and they're yelling to get his bib, get his bib. He comes in the twister. He fails Twister, falls off of it. Now, okay, first year, a lot of people didn't get it. I oh, understand yeah. that. He comes up to me, and I was like, dude, burpee pit, dirty burpees. And he goes, no, 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 it's all right, man. I'm going to try it again. I said, this is the elite men's weight, okay? He go, I said to him, no, nah, it's not how this works. You're going to do burpees. I said, I need your headband. He goes, I ain't doing shit. What? And he went, he went towards the rope climb. So I, I was quick enough to get his bib number, wrote it down on the whiteboard, took it over to the camera, uh, pumped it twice, and disqualified him. Now, I will tell you that the course marshal's jobs, for a lot of people that don't know this, you see those course marshals when you run elite at those at those uh, obstacles. Right. When those, camera, when those cameras come down, their job is not done. Oh, yeah. I, I was at... I was at Twister, which was the second to last obstacle that year, and I got done around filming around noon. Right. We went we went into the results tent, and we sat there 
for two and a half hours, me and this other gentleman, going through bib numbers and single-handedly counting burpees. Wow. Like the, the course marshal's job is by no means an easy job. And you and you, you, you got to look at, you, you're looking at form and stuff like that. And, you know, you see some of your, your friends and competitors on there and you, you're like, man, that guy didn't, that guy or that gal didn't, didn't do it right. And you gotta have enough morality and a set of nuts to just, you know, not disqualify them, but penalize them. At that time it was five seconds. Right. But it's something you, you have to do. It has to be done. And if we, it seems like we have, so many volunteers who don't know the rules, and I oh, yeah. said that every volunteer should be given a copy of the rule book. They can go through it, black and white, there it is. There's the rules for the obstacle, and they have to enforce it along with the course marshals. If they don't, it's freaking anarchy. Right. I mean, they at least need to know the, the, the rules of the obstacle that they're manning, at least, you know. Exactly. I mean, maybe not hand them the whole book the morning they get to the race. Because the time I did the eight-foot wall, and they handed me the instructions for it. And I remember seeing some women come, and they would jump on that block, and they'd put their hand on the side of the wall. And I'm thinking, wait, I don't think that's right. So I got on the radio, and I called in, and I said, is it okay for the women to put their hand on the side of the wall when trying to go over the top of the eight foot wall and they said no and so then i started stopping them from doing it and then one of them said well they let us do it yesterday and i said hey they just told me this rule you know right because a lot of them couldn't do it without putting their hand on the side of the wall but i mean that defeats the purpose of trying to get over the eight foot wall if you hold it by the side oh yeah absolutely but, I mean, that was one of those things that, at, I don't, at that time, it didn't say that in the rule list. And if I was just some volunteer that was out there wanting my free race, didn't really care, I would have let that, I mean, pro- anybody else would have probably just let that slide, you know. Yeah, right. I think I think a lot of, I mean, volunteers are great. And I, I every time I run past one that's at an obstacle or a water station, I always say, thank you for volunteering. Oh, yeah. I appreciate it. I, it's just something I've always done, but I think that the volunteers, regardless if it's a water station yeah. or uh, in the festival area, I don't think many of them realize how important that they are to that event right. and how much that they really do play a part in how that race goes. I mean, I don't think you need to be there, you know, stone stonewalled and, and, you know, the most rigid person in this is this, and this is, you you have some fun with it, but I just think that most of, most people, even when it comes to bills, don't realize how, how important their job is. Right. And, you know, and I used to think, well, if, when I would go by a volunteer, if they cheered you on or just talked to you while you was going through the obstacle, I would always tell them, well, thank you for volunteering. And uh, if I went by one and they were just standing there not doing anything, I wouldn't say thank you for volunteering for them because, you know, they're just standing there, you know. But I started saying, well, you know what? If they're standing there and not doing anything, I'm going to thank them for volunteering and talk to them. And maybe that will kind of influence them to talk to racers coming through. And, you know, and, you know, they might be shy or something like that. You know, and figure, you know, if I talk to them, maybe it will influence them to talk to somebody else. Yeah, hey, on the, in, in, in uh, West Virginia, do you remember the second sandbag carry? Yes, kind of. Do you remember the volunteers there? Yeah, I remember them being very vocal, especially the like when you set it down. One of the volunteers that, actually cheered you on as you were running away, and I thought that was cool. That, that woman yes. was amazing and i thanked her and i gave her a hug and i said this is what this sport needs and thank you for for volunteering it didn't matter if where where you were your age group whatnot she that woman did not care right and she truly was you could tell she was happy to be there and and truly having fun and i know for me as a racer that 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 little extra boost of 
good luck, you're doing great. I don't care if I'm last in my age group or if I'm fighting the top 10 or because I ain't never going to see a podium in age group. But if I'm fighting top 10, yeah, that shit, man, that's like, all right, man, let's, let's, let's move. Right. I got there. That, that's, a, that's a boost of confidence. Yeah, there was three women there, and uh, those three women, I hope they're listening to this. To, I hope they listen to this because Nobody listens they to were... Shit. Uh, it's, true. No, it's just you and me. <laughs> yeah, man. I ain't even recording, dude. It's just me and you talking. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, you know what? Hey, I'll talk to you later, man. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, hope, I hope somebody knows knows them. If they're, if they absolutely made that race. Because coming out of them two climbs and those two descents, I don't care where you train, whatnot, those two climbs are a pain in the ass. Yeah. And, and hearing, hearing that was like, all right, I'm, I'm good to go. And then I got to the swim, and it was like, well, fuck <laughs> yeah man there was a lot of good volunteers at west virginia there really was the dude the dude at bender was really cool he was good but the ones that stuck out the most to me is when i come to the top of the hill where you run around that hut i think it was right after hercules hoist i believe and uh these two girls were like coming around the corner and they had like three cups in each one of their hand full of water yes, to yes, get water yes. to us quicker and i was like thank you so much i mean that's awesome that y'all are going the extra mile you know y'all are like the best volunteers of the day you know and i just thought they were great moving. yeah they were <laughs> i mean moving because I, I got to them and they had no they had no water in their hands and the girl the one girl she turned and she was like as i was coming up she was like i'll be right back and right like, i'm thinking to myself be right back for what yeah. She came running with three cups of water, and I was like, damn. I was like, thank you very much, man. Yeah, and she was like, do you want more than one? I mean, they were they were good volunteers. They were really good. I tell you what was probably the coolest volunteer job of the day, Saturday, and that was working the slip wall. You know, those volunteers were just getting a show, man. Watching everybody try to get up that slip wall with them short ropes. I mean, I could have stood there. After I finished the race, I was walking back. You know, to find uh, my girlfriend coming through, and I was watching people just try to attempt that slip wall. Man, it was nasty, bro. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't back up for anything because if you backed up five feet, you were going to slice your legs open with barbed wire. I yeah. absolutely loved that setup. That setup was great, right? Because you're either you're either getting up over it or you're not. That's Just right. I mean, and it's a shame that the front elites didn't get to witness what we witnessed because when we got there that there was just mud and puddles right before the slip wall you know there wasn't the walls were still dry when like the top elites went through there you know oh yeah i mean we got the rough of that and i mean i was glad it was like that too man i pulled my i pulled my hamstring or got a cramp in my hamstring when i finally made it over the top it took me three tries I, I got it first try. Oh, you're a stud, man. I couldn't. No, I don't. I came close you know like two times, and then the third time, I'm like, all right, I need to just get a little bit of breath and just go for it and get a longer stride, and that third time, I got it. Ultra MTs no, grip that wall good, man. I'll tell you what. The, only, the reason I got it the first time was from a lesson I learned when I was at the world championships, our, my one teammate, uh, Joe Albertson was up racing. He ran a three K yeah, and he had some, he had some real bad slander fasciitis and was just like, oh, there's no way I'm physically going to be able to do a 15. So he, the guys that we went up with, he was like, I'm just going to chase you guys around the course. So when you came back into the festival area that year, you had the, uh, warped wall and, I just came in, ran up the warp wall, grabbed the rope, missed it, slid down, and I turned around, and, and Joe's standing there, and he was like, look, he goes, slow yourself down, look at the wall. He goes, you got one lane that has a short rope that nobody has attempted, and the entire wall is dry. Right. He goes, slow down, go, go in that lane. He goes, I can guarantee you you're going to get it. So I was like, all right. I listened to him, and I went up, got it, pulled myself over. So when I came out of that last little barbed wire crawl in West Virginia to that slip wall, I looked at it. You had, like, I think there was 10 lanes there. Yeah. The first six, the first six lanes to the left were nothing but wet mud and people just 
eating shit on the wall, <laughs> sliding down. You had two lanes that were perfectly dry, and then two lanes on the right were the same as those first six on the left. Yep. As soon as I saw those two dry lanes, I was like channeling my inner Joe, and I was like, "We got to go for those. We got to go for those dry, those dry lanes." And that dry lane, right up, I was right up and over. Not nothing to do with, you know, being some amazing person or, or a racer or anything. It's just, I think a lot of a lot of the sport is you got to when you come to lanes, you got to look at shit, and if yeah. you look at stuff. You're, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. And I think, honestly, if I would have went for one of them wet lanes, it probably would have taken me two or three tries. Yeah, I think I ended up going because everybody was trying to go for the lanes that had the ropes that either had a knot at the end or they were just a little bit longer. And there was one Correct. that still had a little bit of dryness to it. It's like you had to get past about three or four feet of muddy wall and then it had kind of dried and went up to the left. So that was the one I went after, and I just short strided for the wet part. And then once I got a foot on the dry stuff, I just did like two or three long steps, and I grabbed that one rope and made it over. So I was happy too. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a, a good football. Yeah, but you know that volunteer had fun watching that all day. I would I would love to take a look at that volunteer's cell phone and the photos in his library because you know he he's got a that dude is got a plethora of some funny stuff. You know what? And when I come back through there, because when I finally caught up with my girlfriend and she was coming back through there, I mean it was there was like I noticed that like well where are all the ropes because they weren't all the way up there and some of them I guess when somebody would make it over the rope would drag over with them and they wouldn't flip it back over. So, even though I was done oh. with my race, I guess the volunteer didn't notice or, or what, but I even, I was waiting on my girlfriend to come to the barbed wire. I walked up the backside myself and threw the ropes over so people could try more than, you know, what lanes yeah. were available. Because yeah. there was three of them that were flipped over and, you know, you couldn't even try them. That sucks. Yeah. I mean, good for you, though, man. That's a good thing, helping other people out. Yeah. Did you fail anything on Saturday? No, I was I was good until the rig, and then like so a lot of my teammates joke with me and they call me uh, Spider Monkey or that I some I have a I have a very large wingspan for for my height and me and one of my buddies Dub we uh, we started our own team called Team Wingspan right <laughs> and uh, I, I I have yet to fail a rig I got into the rig and was cruising through it, got to the pipe, and I was like, I'm going to go left. I always go right-hand first when I go to the ropes. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to go I'm gonna go left, right, pull, bell, just because of my wingspan. Right. I, gra- I grabbed the rope with my left hand, and I just felt it sliding, and I quick tried to grab my right, and I, it just it wasn't there in time, and I fell off the rig. And I, I, I remember saying, you got to be freaking kidding me. <laughs> Dub, Dub is going to kill me. <laughs> and you say he gave me a bunch of shit on social media about it, uh, but it is what it is. So I failed that, did my 30 burpees, came back, back onto the course, and that vertical cargo, I tried three times, fell and then I, was, I started to walk over the burpee pit, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to give it a go again. And I just, I could not get up on the table. And it seemed like other races, I've seen so many people have so much trouble with it. And I'm watching, like, I'm watching people in my age group just clear the Irish table. Yeah. Well, not the Irish table, the, the table, and passing me. And I just went to do my burpees, and finished the race which sucked because the only two obstacles that uh my wife and daughter got to see they got to watch uh they got to watch me just uh, burpee the shit out of the end of the race uh, i know i was really surprised when i got there that those tables weren't just sloppy soaking wet i mean there was a couple of spots where they were damp but i was expecting it to be kind of like it was in palmerton because you know, we'd just come out of rolling mud, but they were actually pretty dry, and it might have been because it was just hot. I don't know. But I was able to get it on the first try. 
I just got right in front yeah, of it, you, jumped right up. But I was worried. I think I was worried about that obstacle more than any obstacle of the day, just because I know after going to Palmerton, if anybody went to Palmerton, they know how difficult that obstacle can really be. Oh, hell yeah. Because when if we got out like, of that lake. Like, what, 15 minutes ahead of me? Yeah. I remember when we got out of that lake at Palmerton and went to that wall, there was not a dry spot on it. And it was it was tough. I was like you. I almost went to the burpee pit, and I said, I'm going to try it one more time. And that was the time I made it. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, that one in Palmer, and that, 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 uh... And it was higher, too. Board, whatever you want to call it, that was just filled with about 9,000 people's worth of sweat. That yeah. Was, that was horrible. Yeah, it was rough. And your arms were already tired because we come out of ape hanger right before it, too. Right. Yep. That was the one thing too, because after doing that three section twister, you know, when we got to the sprint, and I come through the monkey bars on the sprint, and I was thinking, man, I was just getting tired from the weekend. I guess I was thinking, man, if there's another three section twister, that would really challenge me at the during the sprint, because I don't know if I'd have made it. <laughs> It was just, I, I mean, I didn't have any problems during the Super and the Beast, but, man, I was just getting tired come sprint time. What did they have at the sprint? Was it two sections or three? Oh, Twister wasn't in the sprint. Oh, well, that's um, the way they're standardizing stuff. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. They only, had, they only had it in the Super and uh, the Beast. And it, you know how we had those rock hold grips on Stairway to Sparta? Yeah. They removed those boards after the beast so it was just a regular stairway during the super that surprised me that they did that uh, i know they i know i know they changed the courses over the night so that i know they, they even do that at Palmerton from the super to sprint yeah depending on what they're going to use so yeah. that doesn't that doesn't surprise me all that much i mean that shit that probably took them 10 minutes 10 15 minutes to just unscrew a few boards yeah and then they uh what else they changed well the rig was all rings and uh, there was something. Oh, they took the table off of the vertical cargo for the super and the sprint. Yeah, that would have been nice for the beast too. Yeah, that was pretty much that was pretty much all they changed. Okay. But uh, I thought it was a good course. Um, man, I really like the festival area better in the old spot. See, I wasn't there last year, and everybody that I talked to that was there last year said that the festival area was so much better last year than it was this year. Yeah. Like, I'll be honest with you, that the festival area this year, when I walked in, it was just kind of like, man, this is really just kind of like thrown together. Like, I was not... Yeah. For a, for, for a national championship race, I was not impressed. Uh, at all with the festival area it was a tight festival area and it wasn't i mean like you couldn't get to stuff you know easily now where the festival area was at across the lake you know it was spread out pretty good there too but it was just you could it was easier to uh spectate from the other side yep, i mean that's exactly what i heard and you could spectate that side of the lake you know this past weekend, but you had to walk a lot to get there. Right. Because where the festival area was at was where the tire flip was in the previous two years. Now it was a little oh, bit okay. longer walk to get to the festival area the last two years, but shoot, if you got there late in the day, you had to walk to get to this one. Man, there were some people parked way out away from the festival when we left. Oh, even this year, dude, holy shit, that parking, uh, my, my wife was going to, she was going to drop me off, and then uh, her and my daughter were going to go get breakfast and whatnot, and, you know, do their thing, and then come back, and then we pulled, we were pulling into the parking lot, and my wife was like, I'm not leaving. Yeah. She was like, I'm staying here. I was like, all right, well, you guys could just take a nap and stuff, and I'll, I'll see you guys when I'm done. When we, uh, when we walked back, the whole walk back, my wife's like, this is exactly why I didn't right. want to leave. She was like, look at these people. I mean, there was people parked like a mile and a half away. Yeah, parked on the side of the road, it, too. It was crazy. Yep. I did like how 
they let us use the uh, like the bathrooms and the showers that were actually part of the. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, that was pretty cool because last year, you know, it was all Porta Johns too. But yeah, I did like the festival area better in the old spot. It was a little better. But I mean, the race was great. I mean, oh, the they race, did a great job with the race. I like how they made it. They made the swim towards the end. That was a challenge. And they that had was bullshit. They had, they had some hills like towards the end too. That was a long yeah. swim, dude. Dude, I am not an aquatic person. I got in the water and I was like, this this is where this is where it ends. I'm gonna die in a damn lake in West Virginia <laughs> at some some kid obstacle course race. <laughs> like I was on did you uh did you Garmin or Strava or whatever, GPS or stuff? Oh uh, yeah. Race? Yeah. So one of the one of the stra- one of the segments on uh, Strava is the race, and I was looking at some of like the the top the top times, which were around like four minutes. That's crazy. Uh, some, some dude some some dude clocked the uh, swim in six seconds. So I'm gonna take a shot in the dark here and say that that gentleman cut the course. Um, <laughs> but probably my, my time my time was like eight fifty five. I was so far behind like i just i am not a good swimmer like after you made that first right turn and you had that long stretch yeah there i i was like a goldfish out of water because i had my hydration pack on right. the race so that started like getting buoyant on top of the life jacket so the yeah. life jacket's coming up into my face i couldn't swim so i was basically just like trying to like kick my legs and pray to god it didn't go down see that, yeah, I, that that killed me yeah i learned from last year because i didn't tighten that life preserver up and it floats up into your head so i did do that i made sure it was super tight before i jumped in the water but it's still aggravating swimming with the life preserver on i think i could have done it faster without that but you know they got to do that i mean shoot oh yeah and like like uh, like Garfield said, even though he had his bump on his head, he got to get the PDF. You know, you got to bring that Acrobat Adobe Reader file with you. Yeah. To make sure that you're safe. But I thought it was cool. I was super worried. I was like, okay, here comes the calf cramps. You know, because when you yeah, start kicking, here. ooh, I thought that was going to bring an ailment. Because I had already kind of borderline calf cramped already anyway. So I just knew it was fixing to get worse. So I was just being really delicate with how I was kicking my legs in the water. And when I come out of there, I was thinking, man, I'm so just, I was dead. I mean, I was running out of energy, especially after the Hercules hoist too. I think I bit into a salt tablet like right before I got to the rope climb because I was so scared. My legs were going to cramp trying to climb that thing. And then I was trying not to puke up puke where I'd bit in the salt tablet for the rest of the race. Her course, her course, I got I got woken up pretty quick by uh, uh, our, our our wonderful friend Lee. Uh, he woke me up pretty quick there. <laughs> old Lee Jarvis. Oh, old Lee Jarvis! You never know what's going to come out of him. Yeah. So, still got a handprint. Still got a handprint. Uh, he still got that handprint, man. I'm gonna have him sign it the next race. It's still there. <laughs> Tell us what happened. You told me earlier. Uh, <laughs> so I. I saw Lee and uh, his voice in the festival area, and Lee's back was to me. He had no clue I was behind him, so I came up, gave him a little spot in the butt. He turned around like he was going to beat the living hell out of me until he saw me. <laughs> so smile, smile, gave me a hug. You know what's going on, man? You know we, we're you know, shooting shit and you know just being being friends and you know enjoy, enjoying the enjoying the, the time. And then uh, I was giving him shit, and you know we were we were talking. He's like, I'll see you out there. Blah 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 blah. I was like 15 yards away from her place, and huh. all of a sudden, my left ass cheek hurt so bad. <laughs> I swear, he cocked back from freaking Mississippi. He ran into that me. slap. Yo, yo, he he was in a dead sprint. He he was like radar locked. He saw me. <laughs> oh man, he scared the shit out of me too. I had no clue what was going on. And then he just ran past me and yelled, gotcha, sweetie. And <laughs> I was like, what the hell? There's people on the hillside laughing at me, laughing at him. So we came in a, we came in a hurt course, and I just told like, the, the volunteers there, you know, men's bags are black, women's bags are, are red. So I, I just told Lee, I said, hey, I said, you know, 
make sure you, you take your time getting that red bag up. And if you want help, once I'm done with the black bag, I'll come over and give you some help on the red. <laughs> and we both finished about the same time and then we took off. But I know Lee's going to listen to this and he's going <laughs> to laugh. And I'll see, I'll see him in Jersey. I'm going to get him back on that one. That's funny, man. Lee's a good guy. He is. He's a good dude. Yeah, we all bunked together last year when we went to West Virginia. I'm sorry I think, to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> I think he, I think he, him and his buddy were sorry to hear that because Michael was in there farting in his sleep as always. Oh, bitch muffin. Yep, and shoot, I think Lee said they drove twelve hours back after the sprint. I was like, oh my god, that would have sucked. We had yeah, a seven-hour drive and it sucked. My girlfriend. Seven-hour drive sucked for me too, man. Yeah. It was it was really sucky after the sprint. We we went and ate at Bob Evans right before we left. I'd never ate at a Bob Evans before. It was kind of like a Shoney's to me. It wasn't great. Oh, but. we went we went we went back to the treehouse. And I, my wife is good as hell at finding um like local mom and pop places like to eat. Yeah, we went to this place called uh, Dover Zappos Zappos in Beckley. Yeah, it's like a Mediterranean style place. Right. Phenomenal food, dude. I, 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 I scoffed down a uh, gyro pizza. Oh, uh, yeah. oh, man. I was like, I don't care how many calories I eat. I just, I need food. Right. That's the way I am after uh, a race, too. There's, there's one thing I wanted to tell you, and I don't think many people saw this just because of everything that was going on in the course, but uh, my daughter ran the 1 p.m. Uh, one-mile race. Right. And uh, you you know, you know Matt Kramer and Jackie Kramer. Yeah, I think so. I, I know them. I know them by seeing pictures on Facebook, but I don't think I've ever talked to them. So their their son Ethan kills it, kills it in, in the kids' race. Right. But uh, Ethan and Riley were running in the same heat, and uh, uh, Woodsy came up and was watching Ethan run and stuff like that, and then. Uh, was hanging around the kids' course and stuff like that. I didn't see pictures of him I, hanging around the kids' course. Somebody posted I'll tell you them. what, just, just, I mean, I know he was there watching, like, Ethan and stuff like that, you know, because they know each other and whatever. But uh, hearing the comments after the race from the kids that Ryan Woods was on the kids' course watching the kids' race. Yeah, that's uh, cool. Went so far with the kids, and I definitely... As a, from a father of a young girl who's getting into sport, definitely want to give Woods a shout out uh, for being a for being a stand up dude and and uh, taking time out of his schedule uh, to to go watch the kids race. I think that that I mean for as, me as a dad that that goes a long freaking way with me. Oh yeah, I thought that was cool too. Yeah, one little kid. I was I was standing over there talking to him right before he went up on the podium, and uh, one little kid come over there and said, "Hey, could you sign the back of his uh, kid's finisher medal?" And he had a sharpie with him, and he signed it too. And I think some of the other uh, elites had signed it too. I thought that was pretty cool. Hey, that's one thing I love about this sport: like, the the elite men, women, protein. They're approachable. They're, they're yeah, they're approachable. My daughter. When we go to Palmer and do, my daughter thinks she is like the queen of OCR because <laughs> she gets to see all the pro team members and hang out with them. And, you know, I uh, luckily I know a few of them uh, and she just feels like, like queen shit. And it's, it's neat to see that like uh, excitement in her face and that passion and they're all approachable. Will And I like that they're all willing to talk to the kids. Like if I go up, if I go up to one of them and talk to them, I could care less if anybody in the pro team tells me to, to, to piss off, but like, I'm, you know, that's fine. But yeah. the fact that they take the time out for every kid that, that speaks volumes to, uh, their character and them as a person. Yeah. And it's like you said, most of them are pretty cool. You know, you can talk to them. Yeah, and, they, yeah, they are. I mean, they don't act like they're in a hurry and they got to go, you know? No. I talked to them. And even if they are in a hurry, they'll still, they'll still take that, that five, 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I talked to Amelia. She was there uh, watching the podiums, too, and I talked to her for a little bit, too, and I was asking her about the Barkley Marathon and everything. She was really cool to talk to about that. Oh, Riley was so pissed she didn't get to see Amelia. Oh. Any race Amelia's at, she has to see Amelia and get a picture with her. We got back to the treehouse, and my wife's like, I think Amelia's doing a run, run and chat at, like, 6 p.m. I was like, don't tell 
right. Yeah. Not that one. I think she she told me she was there to uh, like help out with a trail race or something. Yeah. And yeah, then, which is cool to see that she's back hanging out. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I think Woods won the. Uh, I think he did the 10K trail race and he won it the next day too. Yeah, I saw that on Athlinks. Yeah, but it was pretty cool. But yeah, man, that that course is. I mean, West Virginia's. I mean, whether. I mean, I mean, and it wasn't like when I say the festival area was. It was just. It was more serene being in the other location. I mean, there wasn't nothing wrong with it. It was fine. Oh, yeah, but yeah, I agree with you. It was just, from from a spectator point of view, I thought it was better on the other side of the lake. But, I mean, West Virginia as a whole, it was a great race. And I loved how they had, you know, more hills towards the end. You know, how it, it progressively got harder. You know, where a lot of times, you know, the trail usually is hard on the front end and gets you know, easier towards the end. And I liked how they, they had the carries pretty equally spread out also. And that first sandbag carry was great. I loved it. Yeah, that first uh, that first sandbag carry was definitely uh, interesting. I, I'm not a big fan. Like, I like the sandbag carries when you're in that open area. Like, I, 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 I hate that technical stuff because I'm terrified that I'm going to... Trip and fall with a 60-pound sandbag? Yeah, yep. I'm terrified of that. Yeah. So what did you think about the rule they changed on the Atlas carry? It was all just run it around and bring it back. That was fine with me, man. I, I, that's, that's fine with me. I would have, uh, I was talking with Lee, and he was like, I really hope they extend the Atlas carry. And I was like, I it was a little longer, but I couldn't really, I mean, it wasn't enough to you tell. You tell. Yeah. It was, not, it was not much longer. But, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with that. Same thing with the... Uh, the, the bucket carry rule with on your shoulder, I mean, I, I don't think you're, you're going to see most people carrying it on their shoulder now. Right. You're not going to see a lot of people carrying it in front of them. Man, it, and, and I tried it, you know, both days, and, like, man, it, it starts really bothering my shoulder. I mean, I would sw- I was switching it because it would bother my shoulder, yep. you know. I did the same thing. Yeah. I ended up uh, toting it in front of me like I always did just because it just really starts – you know, when you're holding all that weight up and you're trying to keep it up high with your shoulder, it just fatigues my shoulder. You know, I've always liked the bucket carry because it was an easier carry for me to carry it in the front. I know a lot of people said it would get into their back. It never got into my back. But, you know, now that you can carry it on your shoulder, I guess I need to start training it more, putting it on my shoulder because my shoulder gets fatigued quick. Same thing with log carry, too. I carry it on my shoulder, but it seems like I'm always flipping it from shoulder to shoulder just to stay comfortable. Yep, I do the same thing. That wall carry was fun, though, too, in the water. Yeah. I, the only thing about it is is I, I, I felt myself being more careful on the log carry because I knew there was a grip obstacle coming after it, and I was trying to not trip in the water and keep my hands dry. What was it? Was Beater after that, or was it Twister that was after that? I can't remember. It was one or the other. Or it was um, Peter. It was Peter. Yeah. I almost failed that during the beast because I was going to do like I did in Palmerton and skip the center turnstile. And when I went to reach to grab it, I, I missed it. And I was able, and since I was in that swing, you know, it was starting to swing back down and backwards. I was able to bring my arm back to the one I was on. I swung out and swung again, and then I went back to the center one and did all three of them. I was I was really scared. I mean, I was like, "Uh oh, here it goes! I'm about to fall off." And I was able to clean it up. So I was next day. I didn't try that crap. <laughs> but we were having fun on that beater at Palmerton. That one was a fun one. Yeah, that was a good one. I guess because it was down downhill a little bit, so you could really launch yourself on that one. From yeah. the first turnstile yeah, to good, the third one. Get that good pull. Good pull and launch. Yeah, man. It was good. Man, that sucks you couldn't do uh, the sprint and the super the next day and get the trifecta medal. Damn kids mess, up, mess it up for everything. You know what I mean? You got to get them to school. You got to be a responsible person. Hey, there's nothing wrong with being a responsible parent. <laughs> nah, she... It was funny because, like, uh, uh, Amanda had said something like... Uh, Oh, did you know Amelia was back for the super and sprint? 
And she was like, and then she kind of played it off on me. She was like, well, if dad, dad didn't want to leave early, we could have gone back to the super and sprint rally and you could have, you could have seen a million. And then I got, dad, why can't we? He was like, are you kidding me? Like, really? Like, we gotta get, we gotta pick the dog up. We gotta get home. Like, I would have loved the race, but it is what it is. I tell you what, man, like we, we ran age group during the sprint, but like me and my, I stayed with my buddy Michael and we caught up with my girlfriend and then we just finished the race together, you know, and uh, my buddy Ed Soja and his girlfriend, Jen, they all, we all kind of just stuck together and did the race. You know, if, if one of us failed an obstacle, we'd just wait for them to do burpees, you know, and, you know, we'd run out and we finished the, you know, the race together. And that seemed, that's what I've always done in the sprint there no reason in breaking tradition but man i i was welcoming that because man my ankles were getting tight from those da- running those downhills man i yeah. was just happy to kind of take it easy and it was i don't think i would have been worth a crap if i tried to run the sprint competitively yeah those downhills were yeah uh some of them areas were, were no joke there was some like, vicious I'm, a, I'm a good downhill runner and some of them were like damn like this is we gotta, we gotta move, but this is, this is sketchy. Yeah, I'm. I think I'm gonna lose a toenail, which will be great going into Killington. Is that your next race, Killington? Yeah, you're going too, ain't you? Running ultra with me, right? No, nah, man, I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to. Uh, I'm, I'm running the same day you are, but I'm going up to uh, Hickory Run State Park in Jim Thorpe, PA. Uh, me and another teammate of mine, we're doing a hundred k. Oh wow. Well, we're attempting 100K. We'll see how it goes. Attempting. That's the best way to say that. Yeah. No shame in tapping out the pain. <laughs> nah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, I'm going to go up there and uh, attempt that. Have you been training for it? Yeah, training as best as I can with, with, with time allows. I mean, right. I'm not, up, I'm not up to the mileage that I, I, I should be. But yeah, I know. Neither. I know where I'm at where I'm at and what I can do mileage wise. So now it's just going to be a matter of pushing through a lot of, a lot of shit and a lot of pain. There you go. We'll get there. We'll figure it out. That's usually what I do. And I'm sure one day it's going to bite me in the ass is going to doing ultras and just going in with a good poker face. (laughs) I'm the same way, man. I just show up and race for the most part, like do decent, do decent enough to qualify for some stuff and just like, eh, whatever. I got, I got 15th, but I haven't, I haven't run in three weeks, so it's what it is. It's like, I know I can do the distance. It's just, if I feel like, you know, it's like you said, you know, I don't have any good trails around here, and I'm not doing long road miles because that just hurts me even more. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I can do an ultra race. I mean, surely I could probably be better and faster if I could get more miles in, but... I know I can do it. It's just the aftermath of the recovery is way worse. You know, I mean, you're beat up after doing one of those races if you ain't prepared to do that mileage. Your hip flexors oh, are sore. Yeah. Your knees are sore. Your ankles are sore. If you're not used to it and don't know what you're doing, yeah, you're going to be in for a world of hurt. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, hey, Justin, man, we're coming up on an hour, dude. You anything else you want to talk about, yeah. man? I didn't realize it was an hour already. Holy crow. Yeah, we leave anything uh, no, out. No, man. I, I could, hell, I could talk with you all day long, man. Right. Oh, how did you do, I mean, how, what did you think about the new tire flip rule, having to disengage? Uh, I, I'm not going to lie to you, Scott. I used to take advantage of that old rule. I Me too. Rotate, rotate the tire, rot, not, not flip it, rotate it on, on its axis. Come down easy, pick up, flip and go. Yeah. And when I was, I mean, you know, you you know me. I'm a small, I'm a small man. Yeah. I, I was coming into that. I was like, this is gonna suck. <laughs> and uh, I was able to wiggle my fingers underneath there, flip the tire over, uh, wiggle and flip, and it really wasn't a big deal for me. So I, I mean, you found a good one, dude. Can, yeah, I did. Since I since since I know I can do it, it's like that new rule is fine with me. Yeah. Disengage. See, most of the ones I went to, you know, both days, I couldn't find a single tire I could get my fingers under. I had to, like, pinch grip the tread and lift it up just high enough to where I could drop it and slide my hand under it. Once I did that, I was good, and that was pretty much what I had to do. But when I come into that beast and I had to do that, 
I was tired at the end of that beast. It took me a couple of times just to grip it enough to pick it up and get my hand under it. I remember walking away from the tire and the beast and like the lights were trying to go out on me, man. I was like about to pass out. That was pretty oh, rough. Really? Yeah, man. I don't know if I just, you know, didn't take enough breath when I lifted it the second time, but whew. Dude, yeah. I, I felt I felt like the freaking strongest man in the world at that tire flip in the beast when I came through. There was all these jacks, oh, yeah. huge, huge dudes struggling and here comes Mighty Mouse. Flip, flip, gone. Yeah. I was like, hell yeah. Screw you, Jim Rats. It, it's Mighty like Mouse got this shit. It's like you said, once you've done it and you know you can do it, it's really hard yeah. to give up on that tire. Really hard. Yeah, yep. I've never yeah, been to a race where it was like super wet and muddy. I want to say Asheville the past two years, they were pretty bad. But, I mean, I didn't have any problems being able to get under them and flip them. But, yeah, I think that rule was definitely a game changer for some people that could barely flip it anyway. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we, we pretty much touched on all the rule changes then, didn't we? I think so, man. What else was there that they changed? I guess that was it. Did you see anybody break any rules? Um, I did see one at the Vert Cargo, but it was... I'll get, I would definitely give the guy benefit of the doubt. It was completely, completely accidental, and he he pulled his leg off right away. So oh, he kicked the pipe up underneath I, it or something. Yeah, the way the way the guy flipped over, his foot touched the the side upright, and he he quickly moved it back. Yeah. Um, but I didn't see anybody like uh, blatantly doing anything. However, I did see the video of that. Uh, woman doing the rope climb, climbing up the, oh, the, yeah. the, side, tr the side truck. I oh, didn't see the shit. video. I just saw a picture of it. And I'm like, what is she doing? And where's the volunteer at, man? Dude, my, my buddy sent me the video. He put it he put, put, put it on our team page. And we're just like, hey, new way to climb the rope. And in the foreground of the video, there's this woman doing an S-hook, Right. Yeah, I Scott. Scott, I watched this video three times, and I'm like, damn, like, what is new way to climb a rope? Like, looking at this woman's grip and stuff like that, and then I'm like, the hell is that woman doing in the back? Here was all in the background. I watched this video three freaking times, looking for what's new on this S hook, and it was some chick climbing the truss in the back. I right. never even saw it. I mean, I mean, I think she. I'm pretty sure she was open class, but still, that was pretty dangerous like what if she'd have slipped her foot in that truss and lost her balance oh, man think, she'd have been jacked up i mean if she's open do whatever you want to do but from a safety but, standpoint like yeah she could that woman could have got seriously hurt yes i just that was that was pretty crazy i don't know i guess the volunteer had their back turned or something or maybe they didn't care i don't know but yeah that was pretty dangerous I do remember. All yeah. I saw was a picture of it. I didn't see the video of it. I want to go see the video now. I'll send you the video. Yeah, do that. I want to see that. I mean, I, <laughs> that sounds so crazy. I did that see. Definitely is. I was done with the race, and and I was walking by the rig, and uh, walking back to see, catch my girlfriend, and I saw this guy coming up. He had a red headband on, and he was about to take his pack off to do the rig with. And before he did it, I said, hey, buddy, I said, I'm not a volunteer or nothing, but if the right person sees you do that, they're going to fail you. You're supposed to carry it through the rig with you. And he said, oh, okay. And he put it back on and went went about his business. I mean, but it's... See, that's, that, that right there is where I have an issue. Because yeah. if, if you qualified to run the, the North American Championships in age group, you damn well better know the rules. I mean, I, I agree with you too, but it's like you said, man. Uh, I mean, and I, I read through that whole book like we did on the last episode, and there was stuff in there that I didn't know was a rule, which there, a lot of them probably aren't even enforced. You know what I mean? Right. You know, I'm sure there was people out there using chalk, and they didn't know it, but 
I guarantee you. I can't even believe that's a thing, though. Yeah. I, I never, I never heard of that until like the other week when they announced it, and this I saw some woman post it was like, "Damn, I always use liquid chalk," and I'm thinking like, "Holy shit!" Like, yeah, I think the that's the one that she doing? got it from my post because I posted it on my page, and then she shared it again on the age group page because I underlined it. it. Could have been very well. Could have been. Yeah, but I mean, and I thought because. I know some people that do it, and I was thinking, man, that's a good idea. I ought to put a bottle of that, like, in, you know, underneath my pant leg of my compression pants, you know? Like, if you fall in the, when I fell in the water at Asheville, right before the monkey bars, that would have been a, you know, that would have helped a bunch, because I almost fell off of those monkey bars, they were so wet, but once I saw those rules, I was like, well, damn, can't do that. Because my luck, I would be the one they made an example of. Who used chalk? I see you Yeah, yep. Yep. Well, Scott, I want to. I just got an alert that the uh, Redskins game just started, so uh, I'm gonna go watch uh, watch some football. Redskins? Are they even a good team anymore? Don't even, don't even start with. They're not a good team at all. But don't give me shit, man. I'm a diehard fan. Uh, I don't know nothing about football. <laughs> well, all right, man. Hey, man. I appreciate you talking to me, man. Getting this done. And what's your next Anytime, race? Man. What's your next Spartan race? Uh, next, uh, shit. The, my next true Spartan race? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be Palmer the next year, man. I'm getting away from Spartan. I'm getting more into uh, trail and trail endurance. I hear uh, you. I'm going to be in Jersey in November uh, doing the trail race there. I got some local trail races. Oh, cool. Uh, but, yeah, I'm getting more into trail. I'm doing doing PA next year to both Palmerdans, um, PA, both days of Savage, and then Bone Frog right. at some point, and then everything else is going to be trail racing. Cool. I hear you. Well, hey, Justin. It was good talking to you, man. You too, bud. Anytime. All right. Take care, brother. See you. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Justin again for taking time to talk to us. Uh, West Virginia was great. I had a great time up there. Uh, my girlfriend, Leanne, and Michael went with me, and we just had a blast. Ate good, hung out with a bunch of friends, met some new friends, met some new listeners, and I just want y'all to know it means a lot when y'all come up to me and say hey, and I met some people on the trail that just recognized my voice. and It just means a lot. It's really cool. And uh, going to Killington in a couple of weeks, I'm not prepared. It's going to suck. It's going to hurt. But it's going to be so much fun, right? That's what we do it. Because it sucks, it hurts, and it's so much fun. Anyway, come up to me. Say what's up. Uh, follow us on Instagram Facebook. And we'll see you at the next race. Later. Later.